Live Well Podcast, episode number 28. Hi, uh, welcome to Live Well Podcast. I'm Kim. I'm your host, and I'm running solo today. My partner, Allie, is not here today. She's actually at an all-day concert with some friends. So I'm here by myself, and um, I have some information for you about uh, blood reports and how to make sense of what all those numbers mean. So um, most of you, if you've been following me, know that I've been doing the Insanity this summer, which is the workout program I've been doing this summer, and I've changed my eating habits And last weekend, I went for my physical and my blood work. So they drew blood to do all of those numbers. So that's what I'm going to be talking about. Um, I guess first, I want to talk about blood pressure. Um, I've seen some great changes since I've started doing Insanity and changing my eating habits. And I've been blogging about it on my website, which is livewellpodcast.com. And on my blog, you can read about uh, what I had put about my blood pressure. I've typically had healthy blood pressure. I've never really had a problem with high blood pressure. But this past week, it was 92 over 59. And I think that that may actually be the lowest that I've ever had in my adult years. Um, But to give you an example, I think my worst blood pressure number was like 110 over 80. So I really haven't had issues with that. Um, But anyway, it was great to see a low number. And I think most people know that a healthy number is 120 over 80 or less. The top number, which is the systolic pressure, refers to the force of blood against the walls of the arteries when the heart beats. And then the bottom number, which is diastolic, is the pressure during rests between beats. So high blood pressure, which would be um, anything over 140 over 90 or higher. High blood pressure leads to stroke, heart disease, kidney damage, and other issues. And anything between the healthy number, which is 120 over 80, or that higher number that I just said, 140 over 90, would indicate prehypertension, which also carries its own risks. It is best to have your pressure checked every time you see a doctor. And I think most of the time when we go to the doctor, I think that's generally kind of the common thing that they do. Diet, exercise, weight, alcohol, smoking, and stress are all factors that uh, play into our blood pressure numbers. And um, it can often be controlled by making changes in our lifestyle. Uh, The other thing that, now this was something that I didn't really know that much about. Um, While I was there, they also uh, checked my pulse or heart rate. And my heart rate was 60. But like I said, I didn't really know that much about heart rates. But I've uh, done some looking into it. And normal resting heart rates are 60 to 100. And typically well-trained athletes may have um, heart rates at uh, 40 to 60. So a lower rate implies a more efficient heart function and better cardiovascular fitness. So that meant that uh, my heart rate was good. Um, Obviously an indication that um, all these insanity workouts I've been doing while they've been challenging have been um, helping me to develop better heart function and better cardiovascular fitness. It's easy to calculate your own resting heart rate. You can use two fingers to take your pulse at your wrist or at the side of your neck and use a second hand and count your pulse rate for 10 seconds and then multiply it by six. And that gives you your heart rate for a minute. So the types of things that would influence heart rate are your activity level, fitness level, body position, whether you're standing up or lying down, emotions, 
body size, kids versus adults, uh, the smaller the person, um, the higher the heart rate, and then also medication use. So how do they influence heart rate? Well, activity level, if you had just run up a flight of stairs, like let's say you had to run up the flight of stairs to get to your doctor's office, um, your heart rate's going to be a little bit higher because of the activity that you just engaged in. Um, Fitness level, as I have now discovered um, by doing the insanity workouts and I'm in better, uh, I guess I'm more fit, fitness level then would reduce the heart rate um, because then the heart is stronger and... um, cardiovascular fitness, just it's the heart is working more efficiently. And then um, I know I had talked about the body position. I think that kind of makes sense. If we're lying down and we're in a relaxed state, obviously our heart rate's going to be lower. Um, Emotions. um, So if you go to the doctor and you're stressing about something, the doctor might tell you that might raise your heart rate. Um, And I know I talked about the body size. Um, Babies have very high heart rates. Um, So, you know, someone who's much bigger, taller, will have um, a slower heart rate than someone who's smaller or a child. And then medication use. I mean, medication affects all kinds of things. The next thing I'm going to talk about is blood sugar. We want a healthy fasting blood sugar level of 99 milligrams per deciliter or less. And what this number indicates is it measures the sugar in the blood after at least an eight-hour fast. A level of 126 or higher would indicate diabetes, And that's a condition in which the body doesn't produce enough insulin or doesn't know how to use the insulin properly. Insulin is what converts our uh, blood sugar into energy. And diabetes increases the risk of heart disease, kidney disease, and other health issues. So to reduce your blood sugar number, um, primarily shedding any excess weight, I mean, that's a big way to reduce the blood sugar number. Uh, My blood sugar was in the normal range two years ago, which that was when I had my last um, physical and blood report. It was two years ago. So I'm comparing my numbers from two years ago versus um, when I just had it done last week. Um, But my blood sugar was in the normal range, and um, it's a little bit lower now, but I think that's just because of the weight loss that I've had over the past few months. Cholesterol. This actually was something that I have never had a problem with until two years ago. That was the um, the first time that I had had elevated cholesterol numbers. A healthy total cholesterol number is supposed to be 200 or less. High cholesterol and especially elevated LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, contributes to heart disease. HDL, which is the good cholesterol, is protective for the heart. It removes the bad cholesterol from the blood. And HDL, we want to be 46 or higher. The best way to raise HDL is to quit smoking, exercise, consume olive oil, and avoid saturated fats and trans fats. And then the LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, should be less than 130. A high LDL means cholesterol can stick to the walls of the arteries clogging the arteries. So just to kind of give you an idea of what my numbers were, two years ago, my cholesterol was 233. So that was um, the first time I had ever had elevated cholesterol. Now, it wasn't extremely high, but certainly something for me to be concerned about. So it was 233, and I have now brought my cholesterol, my total cholesterol number is down to 205. So it has gone down. My HDL was really good uh, two years ago and still good. It was 63 two years ago, 57 now. So like I said, that number, uh, we want to be 46 or higher. And that's the good cholesterol is what helps protect our heart. And then two years ago, my LDL was 140, and now it's 133. So I'm still a little bit above the number. I should be less than 130, um, but I'm getting there. 
So I'm moving in the right direction. That's what these numbers are telling me. And my goal is to lose another 10 to 15 pounds. And I would expect that um, my numbers will drop a little bit more as a result of that. Triglycerides. This was another thing that I had never had a problem with, and it was really high two years ago. Triglycerides are a type of fat in the blood. Elevated levels increase the risk of type 2 diabetes and heart disease. Consuming more calories than the body needs can elevate this level. Triglycerides are borderline high if they are between 150 and 199 and considered high if they're 200 or above. So two years ago, my triglyceride level was 152, which was borderline high. And now my level has been cut in half at 76. So I was able to cut it in half simply by changing my eating habits. And these past few months, I've cut back on simple carbohydrates. So, um, you know, just cutting back on the bread and a lot of the simple stuff. And instead, um, the carbohydrates that I do eat, I just try to make sure that they're complex fruits, vegetables, and then more of the whole grains. But I have cut back on that type of stuff anyway. And I've cut back on pasta. I'm not saying that stuff is bad. I'm just saying that I think as we get older, um, sometimes too many carbohydrates, while they they affect our triglycerides, and then um, they can sometimes just contribute to excess calories that we don't need. And as we get older, we need to be a little more conscious of calories anyway. And then vitamin D. This is something else that I want to talk about because I had never really been that concerned about, I mean, I didn't really think about that sort of thing. But for whatever reason, two years ago, I was tested, um, my vitamin D levels were tested when I had had my blood drawn back then. And it is something that I am deficient in. And I'm hearing a lot more about other people who are having the same problem. And I thought that I would talk about it. So two years ago, my vitamin D level was 21, which um, the lowest that it's supposed to be is 20. So obviously I was at 21 and that was extremely low. And the doctor said it was dangerous. So I was told to take 2,000 IUs of vitamin D per day with meals, and now my vitamin D level is up to 33. So it has gone up, um, and it's in the normal range, but it's still somewhat low, and my doctor thinks that it's possible I may not be absorbing the vitamin D, so I've been told to increase to 3,000 IUs and then have it rechecked in six months. Um, I avoid the sun and am a vegetarian, Plus, I also think I have uh, lactose intolerance issues. Um, So this would be why I have a problem with vitamin D. If a person avoids the sun or suffers from milk allergies, follows a vegetarian diet, or um, the elderly, uh, these are the types of people that would be at risk for vitamin D deficiency. Vitamin D is known as the sunshine vitamin, and it's produced by the body in response to sunlight. It also occurs naturally in a few foods, including fish um, like salmon and tuna, fish liver oils and egg yolks, and then they're also in fortified dairy and grain products. But I decided to look at labels of various things in my kitchen, and obviously milk has vitamin D. Um, It's fortified with it. But I started looking at cheese and yogurt that I have in my refrigerator, and none of them um, indicated vitamin D on the label, which was really surprising to me because I just assumed that all dairy products would have vitamin D. So I think this notion that, you know, once in a while I eat yogurt, sometimes I eat cheese. Um, those things don't seem to affect me as much as things like ice cream or milk, which I have more problems with. Um, but those don't have the vitamin D. And then, um, 
I checked cereals. I think cereals that are fortified with it have vitamin D, um, but like oatmeal, I don't typically eat um, cereals. If I do, I would eat oatmeal and that didn't have it. So I was really surprised um, at how few items actually have vitamin D in it. The major biological function of vitamin D is to maintain normal blood levels of calcium and phosphorus. Vitamin D aids in the absorption of calcium, helping to form and maintain strong bones. It's used alone or in combination with calcium to increase bone mineral density and decrease fractures. And then recently, research has also suggested that vitamin D may provide protection from osteoporosis, hypertension, which is high blood pressure, cancer, and several autoimmune diseases. The deficiency can occur for a number of reasons, and here are some of the reasons why one might be deficient in it. You don't consume the recommended levels of the vitamin over time. So this would be more likely if a person were a vegetarian, um, because most of the natural sources of vitamin D are animal-based, including fish, fish oils, egg yolks, some cheese. You have to read the label, and then beef liver. Sorry, I'm not going to be eating beef liver. (laughs) Um, Exposure to sunlight. If your exposure to sunlight is limited, either because you always wear sunscreen um, or if you live in the north where people don't experience as much sunshine as someone living closer to the equator, the body makes vitamin C when our skin is exposed to sunlight. So we may be at risk of deficiency if we are homebound or we avoid the sun and use sunscreen. If we live in northern latitudes, if we, well, for some people, for religious reasons, if they wear long robes or head coverings or if a person has an occupation that prevents sun exposure. Also, people with dark skin. Um, I didn't know this. The pigment melanin reduces the skin's ability to make vitamin D in response to sunlight exposure. And some studies show that older adults with darker skin are at high risk of vitamin D deficiency. A person may also be um, deficient in vitamin D if their kidneys are unable to convert vitamin D to its active form. As people age, their kidneys are less able to convert vitamin D to its active form and thus increasing their risk of vitamin D deficiency, which is why it is more common in elderly people. You could also become vitamin D deficient um, if our digestive tracts are not able to adequately absorb the vitamin. Certain medical problems, including Crohn's disease, cystic fibrosis, and celiac disease, can affect the intestine's ability to absorb vitamin D from the food that we eat. And then one of the other uh, reasons that someone could be vitamin D deficient is uh, obesity. Vitamin D is extracted from the blood by fat cells, altering its release into the circulation. People with a body mass index of 30 or greater often have low blood levels of vitamin D. Lack of vitamin D can cause malformed bones and osteoporosis because it interferes with the absorption of calcium. Low levels can contribute to heart disease and depression. So good sources of vitamin D um, are milk, salmon, tuna, egg yolks, and fortified cereals. I am taking supplements of vitamin D3 to add to, um, to try to get my numbers up. And they're best to take when wanting to raise vitamin D levels. The supplements can sometimes help speed up that process. Vitamin D has to be taken with calcium, though. Um, if you're going to take supplements, I do recommend that you talk with your physician about this since, um, there is a danger in having too much vitamin D. Usually, um, levels at 10,000 IUs or more would definitely be considered harmful, but, um, I'm not a doctor. So, um, my doctor has recommended that I take the supplements and I'm under my doctor's care. 
So if this is something that you um, you want to look into, I would recommend talking to your doctor about it and then letting them recommend uh, supplements if that's what you need. So I don't can't understand and don't understand all of the numbers on the blood report, but I at least wanted to talk about some of the major numbers. And um, I just wanted to kind of let you know where I was. I do feel like, um, you know, when I was with the doctor for my physical, I feel like I'm moving in the right direction. I feel like I'm doing all the right things. And that's my plan is to, to keep moving forward. I hope you were able to um, understand a little bit more about what these numbers mean and uh, what's healthy and what's um, significant for us to think about. Have a great week. We hope you got something worthwhile from today's podcast, and we hope you'll join us for the next show. Our plan is to bring you simple tips that will allow you to live better. If you have any questions or want to hear a specific topic on our podcast, please call us or email us. We'd love to hear from you. Contact us at 312-957-7087 or email us at feedback at livewellpodcast.com. We might even use your question on our next show. You can also find us at livewellpodcast.com, our website. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all of you. Lord willing, we will be with you on our next show. Have a joyful, healthy week. Simple information to help you live well and bloom where you are.